service this morning, but not to our praise. We pray God riches blessings upon each and every one of you, my father's children. And now turn the remainder of the service over into the hands of the Lord.
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are the shaft, which the land driveth away. Therefore the shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And we know that God's word is all already blessed. Amen? Amen. It's time right now for our family and our altar prayer. If you feel that you need special prayer, you need to ask make your way to the front, come close to the altar, so we can make sure we acknowledge and we hold you up in that prayer. I noticed that we have, those we have deep, deep and sterilized not here. I know keep hold up in prayer. See, I see Mother Thomas is not here. Make sure we all hold up here. Father God, because we know 
that you love us and we love you. Father God, right now, we ask before we ask you anything any further, we ask, oh God, that you would help us to be better than you. Help us to be more obedient. Help us to be stronger where we are weak at. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And he wants to make us think that you have forgotten us. He wants to make us think that you are really upset with us. But Father God, we know that you loved us before we loved you. You chose us, and we thank you for that. Father God, we thank you for that. Because we, we love, why well, can we not love a God like you? And we thank you. Our soul passes for you like the dead passes for the water. Father God, we thirst for you. We need you. Even if we don't think we need you, we know that we need you. Forgive us our trespasses right now. In the name of Jesus. But Father God, right now, our enemy has surrounded us. He seeks to devour our flesh. He roaring to and fro like a roaring lion. Seeking who we may destroy. But Father God, we're not ignorant to the vices of the devil. We know that you're on your way back. We know that we're saved. Even when we fall out of your will, Father God, we know that you still have your saving grace upon our life. And we thank you for that. So that's why we come here with a right and a privilege right now. Know that you will do all that we ask because you love us. You don't want to hurt us. You don't want to harm us. But you want to give us a future and a hope. And we, we thank you for that. We encourage ourselves in your word. Father God, but some of us feel like throwing in the towel. Father God, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You said you wouldn't deliver us. You said you would make a way out of nowhere. But Father God, we're waiting on you. And some of us have been waiting on you a long time. <clears throat> Lord, have your way in the lives of your people. Don't do it for our sake. Do it for your name's sake. Because Father God, that's why you didn't make covenant with us. Because we can't keep nothing we say. That's why you made covenant with yourself. And we thank you that you are in covenant keeping God. That's why we come here with anticipation and expectation. Know that you'll make a way out of the way. You'll be a strong provider. That you'll fight our battle because you say the battle is not ours. It belongs to you. So Father God, we know what your word is saying. But Father God, we ask you to build us up when we're torn down. Strengthen us where we are weak right now. And Father God, give us determination to go on where we feel like giving up. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Bless your people, Father God, wherever they are lacking at, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we don't ask you to do it for our sake, but do it for your name's sake. So in case the world tries to say, we serve a dead God. We know that you didn't bring us out of Egypt to leave us in this wilderness of trial and tribulation. We thank you. Have your way in this place. Move on the hearts of your people. Let no one who is in this place, coming to this place, leave this place the way they came in. Father God, keep us together as a family right now. In love and peace and understanding. Help us to look beyond each other's fault and love us each other in spite of each other. Right now, in the name of Jesus. We know that you can do it. Have your way.
I thank you, oh Father God, right now. And all the love of the Lord say, Amen. Amen.
sanctuary this morning and to all of those on Facebook screening in line with us, good morning to you as well. We welcome you to our worship service and we are so, so very glad you are here. God be the glory. We invite you to join us this Thursday night, which is June the 15th at 7 p.m. for our mission um, studies and fellowship hour. And we do have a wonderful time in studies during our mission hour. We invite you to join us. Our login information is on the back of your program. So tune in with us at 7 p.m. on Thursday, June the 15th. Our church has an hour this coming, coming Wednesday. Uh, June the 14th at 7.30 at Sunday Missionary Baptist Church, which is just around the corner. And our choir is invited to render song service during their annual revival. So we're asking the members of the church who can and will attend to come and join us and support Gethsemane in this revival at 7.30 p.m. Wednesday. Amen. Our mission ministry will be celebrating the annual mission anniversary on Sunday, the last Sunday of this month, June 25th, during our morning worship service. Our mission assessment, again, is $25 per adult member, so we're asking you to go ahead and put it in an envelope, mark it as mission anniversary, and uh, plan to be with us on the fifth fourth Sunday of this month, June the 25th, during our morning worship service. As usual, the order, uniform, women in white, men in dark suit, black or dark suits. Thank you so much for hearing that. On next Sunday, we will be celebrating all our fathers. So we're inviting the fathers who are here today to come back next Sunday so we can celebrate you on this Father's Day. We look forward to seeing each and every one of you. Let us continue to pray for our sick and shut-in. Pastors already mentioned those who are out. We will continue to pray for them and lift them up in prayer. Pray for our pastor, leadership, our church at large, and for the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Our inspirational quote for today is as follows. The will of God will never take you to where the grace of God will not protect you. We thank you for listening and adhering to these announcements, and we now turn it over to the hands of the pastor. Just before pastor comes, I'm sorry. <laughs> In your program, you have the classes that are being offered for Seaboard Congress of Christian Education, which will be held next month, July the 10th through the 14th. Our church is registered. And anyone who wants to attend during this um, session, you are invited to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church in Miami. The list of classes are on the back of your program, but uh, within your program. So please, if you plan to attend, let me know so I can set you up in your classes. So all you have to do when you get there is go straight to your classes. That concludes my announcements. Good morning. Let's go yourselves accordingly. All the announcements have been ready to your hearing. Amen. We've got a lot of stuff going on here. And we thank God for the, the spirit and the life he's put in the ministry and everyone of you that's working diligently and faithfully in the ministry. It's so good to see all of you in the sanctuary this morning. Amen. Amen. God has uh, put it in your heart to come to the sanctuary so we can fellowship and worship together. Is anybody while worshiping with us for the first time today? This is your first time worshiping with us. But instead, I give you a more uh, uh, personal welcome if you're here. 
Anyone? It's your first time? Okay. That's like, I got everybody. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see all you. Some of you. Well, I've been seeing, I haven't seen a few of you, but I thank God that I do see you, Pastor, and see you. I want to say that, uh, Brother Anderson is here. I'm not, I want to not fail to recognize because he's got his significant other with him today. And uh, that's, that's his wife to be. Stand up, Brother Anderson. Yeah. 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 You too. I said you too. Yeah. 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 I will perform that wedding ceremony the 24th of this month at 4 o'clock. Amen? Amen. Amen. I got to meet most of the family yesterday at their her rehearsal. I know it's really nice to be out there at the park. And we got everything done before the rain caught us out there. Amen. Amen. So I thank God for you. I'm glad to see you in church. And I was, I was really glad to have a chance to talk and meet with you. We had a great time. Thank you for the answer. I ate real good yesterday. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Continue to pray for a second shutter and everything will be just all right. I'm going to ask Dr. Jane if he would mind coming to the office for me. Sure. Yeah, he, he's got a chance to uh, do the office for me. And then after that, the choir, uh, uh, before he, after he's finished doing that, he will give his prayer of consecration for the word of God and then we'll hear from God. Amen. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not bring for you, pour out for you the windows of heaven. There will be blessings that you will not be able to receive. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The Lord said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Bring all the time to the house right now.
able to recognize that it's a blessing to be able to give more than to receive. Bless this offering, bless each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Job chapter 9. I'll commence reading at verse 32. I'm going to read two verses there, 32 and 33 of Job chapter 9. Job chapter 9, verse 32 and 33. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. <coughs> Job chapter 9, commencing in verse 32. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any days man betwixt us that may lay his hand upon us both. First Timothy. Chapter 2, verses 5 and 6 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Y'all with me? And that's the man, Christ Jesus. I used to speak with you shortly for a short while this morning. When you question God, When you question God, we let you cease in the presence of the Lord. When you question God. My brothers and sisters, when Job, in this passage of Scripture, is in one of his, his many arguments where Eliphaz Billy Dad and Zophar, his friends who ostensibly come to share him in his season of great distress. But they end up blaming him and laying accusations against Job, <clears throat> saying to him rather frankly, Job, you're not telling the truth. Because nobody would be suffering like you are suffering if there were no secret sin in your life. There's something going on behind the scenes, Joe, that you are not making us aware of. <clears throat> God will not let all this happen to you if you truly belong to God. They railed against Joe. They lifted one false accusation after another. They've gone after him for his integrity. They've gone after him about his character. Just tell us the truth, Job. Just be honest with us. This kind of suffering, this kind of calamity, does not happen without some great sin. And in the midst of that, Job is doing all he can to maintain his integrity. Though he slay me, <clears throat> yet will I trust him. All of all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait until my change comes. Joe said, naked came out from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. Joe said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in the middle of all of this, Joe never charged God falsely. 
But he's growing weary of these accusations. Can I get a witness in here? Because in the midst of his suffering, they are piled on their advice at the same time. <clears throat> Don't people like that just get on your nerves? Says Amy, there you are sick. And they're telling you how sick they used to be. You are drowning. You're drowning. And they're describing how wet the water really is. And the advice they're giving is unsolicited. If you don't have anything good to say to anybody in New Jerusalem, don't say anything at all. If you can't be a help, if you can't be of comfort, just be quiet. I promise you, nothing is wrong with you just being quiet. It doesn't mean you are not spiritual. Doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means there's a time to speak and a time to shut up. But then Joel, watch this now, leaves his sick bed because he's getting fed up and begins to question God. He essentially puts God in a question and answer situation. Joel says, I'm not a man. Or he is not a man like I am, I read in the text. And I can argue with God man to man. Because we are unequal in this relationship we have with God. I can't go up there where he is, and God won't come down here to explain himself to me. So I need a day's man. And I, am I still in the book? Uh, go ahead. I need a day's man, D-A-Y-S-M-A-N, the text says. That word, day's man, is an old English word that means an umpire. It's Latin for middle man. I need an arbiter. I need someone who can take his hand and take my hand, take God's hand, take my hand, and help us to understand one another. It's a forensic word that means if God were here in person, I can understand him, and somehow he can understand me. That's what I'm thinking when I'm going through my stuff, y'all. It's, it, it's the reverse of what David says in Psalms number 8. In Psalm 8, David says, what is man that you're so mindful of him? And the son of man that you would even visit him. David is saying, how is it that, that God, him who is so great, can communicate with a man who is so small? But Job reverses that and says, how can a man who is so small get up to a God who is so great? He's piling this on me. God is. He, and I don't understand it. I'm trying to talk to him and he will not answer me. God is piling it all on me and there's no relenting. Distress is more than I can bear. I wish my birthday, Job said, would be wiped off of the calendar. Read it. I'm writing the book of Job. And if I was going to be born, I wish I was a stillborn. I should have died in my mother's womb. Job talking. If God knew that I was going, going to go through this calamity, he should have let me be born dead. Oh, if I knew where I could find him, I, I, I want to bring my case before God. But he's so big and I'm so small. I want to call him to my, at my class, to my courtroom. I want to put him on the witness stand and get some understanding of what I'm going through. 
somebody here right here this morning under sound my voice on live stream know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not talking to you who y'all who got all the answers. I'm not talking to y'all to you who are so spiritual all the time. People are always y'all always shout. Y'all always talking to someone who's got, who I'm talking to people who, who don't how to get mad at God. Can you do something? You think God don't know when you get mad at Him? And more than that, do you think God is intimidated because you get mad at Him? I know that shocks our Baptist sensibility, but God is not upset because you get angry with him. Because there's some things that happened in my life that God could have prevented. Why is it that good people get sick and suffer a long time? Non-believers who don't even take time to go to church never even get a headache. Am I talking to myself? Someone will say, why is my daddy gone? Why is my mother gone? Why is my child on drugs? Why is my house burned down? Why did I lose my job? These are questions that crowd in on us and God could answer if he felt like it. Because we've been asked him and he, ain't, he is not, excuse my God, he ain't answering us. He chooses to leave us looking like we're in the dark. And when we are in the dark, when we're trying to figure out in our own, it makes us angry. And Job in chapter 9 is anything but patient now. Let me warn you, you pray for, if you're praying for the patience of patience of Job, the pastor help you. But you better tread lightly right there. Because you're praying for Job's patience, you have to incur Job's trials. Because with great patience comes great tribulation. Can I get a witness in here? Now, if you've never been angry with God, this sermon is not for you. This sermonic presentation is not for you. If you never tried to trace and track what God was up to and didn't know, this message is not for you. But for those of us who've been in some tight places and God could have gotten us out, but for some reason, he left us there. He could have told us what he was up to and we would have been able to handle it better. But he let us be squeezed in that corner and would not get us out of the corner. Job said, I wish I had an umpire. Job said, I wish I had a daysman. I wish I had a referee. I wish I, I wish I had someone who could put that hand on God's hand, put that hand on my hand, and make us understand each other a little bit better. <clears throat> it's a double consciousness. It is a God I can't understand, and a God who I don't think understands me. And Job said, if I had a referee, if I had a middleman, if I had a mediator, if I had a go-between, if I had somebody who can where God is and come and talk to me about what he said and then take what I say and bring it back to him, could I have I could handle this situation a lot better. I was asking Bible readers here. Y'all see where I'm going with this one? Let me give them go on a little further. 
It's something like what, what Jacob saw in the book of Genesis. But when he was out there by himself and he started dreaming in his dream, he saw a ladder reaching up to heaven and touching down on earth. Angels were ascending and descending. Job said, I wish I had something like that. I need a, need a ladder. I need a telescope. I need a window into heaven. I need a way to see what he's doing so I can understand. I need an angel to go off and tell him what I want and then come down and tell me what he wants me to do. Can I get a witness in here? I need a referee. I need an umpire. I need a daysman. I need a middleman. I need a mediator. Now let's travel 1,600 years, y'all, to 1 Timothy chapter 2. <laughs> Can I get a witness in here? And it took 1,668 years for the ass to get back in Job. Here's what you've been looking for. What you need is a mediator. What you need is a go-between. What you need is a communicator. You need somebody who came from heaven, who, who came from heaven to tell you what God said. Somebody who can tell God what you need. You need a daddy's man. You need a middleman. I got one for you. There's one God. He is, and there he is, and there's one mediator between God and man. That man is Christ Jesus. Let me see if I can make this make sense to you. Job said, I need a days man. I need a mediator. He said, I, I will be able to handle this, this grief a little bit. I'm not going to give up on my God, but I would go through a lot better if I, had, if I knew I had someone sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's really what he's saying. Paul said, there's one God and one mediator. The Lord, the man, Christ Jesus. What is a media? A media is one who takes two warring factions and correlates in his hand the answer to both parties so that both arguments can be satisfied. And then and they and they are no longer enemies. Can I get a witness there? But friends, a media takes two warring factions and brings them together in one community. Alright? Alright. How can a sinful man be brought into a relationship with a holy God? Somebody got, somebody got to become some sin. And they have to become sin in the flesh. But at the same time, they have to be sinless. In order for a sinful man to communicate with a holy God, it needs a man in the flesh to become sin, but still remain sinless. Are y'all with me? Abraham couldn't do it, Dr. G, because he lied. And said Sarah was his sister. But she was really his wife. Noah couldn't do it because on the eve of reconstruction, he got drunk in front of his children. Jacob couldn't do it because he stole his brother's blessing and tricked him out of his birthright. David couldn't do it, bad boy David, because David took another man's wife to bed and had the same man killed. Moses couldn't do it because instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock and he couldn't get into the promised land. Aaron couldn't do it because he was too weak to hold up the banner and help Moses hold his hands up. There had to be a man in the flesh to bear sin but remain sinless. So there's a need for a redeemer, yeah. a mediator, a go-between man and God that meets the requirements of justification. He is an intellect of deity and the element of incarnation residing in human flesh 
And the only way that we could understand God, he had to come himself. But now hear me, God couldn't come in all his glory because we would never be able to get near him to really find out how much he loves us. God could not come in all of his resplendent power because we wouldn't be able to get near him. So God had to sheathe that power in skin and flesh. In something that we could touch and handle at the same time. He could feel our infirmity. No human personality could do that. No divine person could do it. So the personality had to become human and divine. Are y'all walking with me? Not 50% man, not 50% God, but he had to be 100% man and 100% God. All right. That is the essence of our Christianity that Jesus took on upon himself. The form of a servant became obedient unto death and the cross. He died on the cross for my sin, but remained sinless. Job said, I need a mediator. I need a days man. I need somebody who can make God comprehensive, who can make God understandable. It's like me or you trying to communicate with an ant. Can I make it a principle and plain for you? It's like me and you trying to communicate with an ant. Nicole, I'm talking about a, a mound of ants on the ground. Trying to communicate with an ant, you'll never be able to make that connection because you are so big. And he's so small. The only way you can make an ant understand a man, the man has to become an ant. Because the ants can never become a man. Pastor, that's impossible. You're right, it's impossible. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Because the only way God could save us was to become one of us. I know there are some people who think they have, have a rap on God. Let me speak for the rest of us here. Who know that if God took his hands off of us, God doesn't have to remove the hands head for you to get messed up. For some of us, all God got to do is lower the heads a little bit. We would be in jail tomorrow morning. If everything that was true about us was known, we would have to crawl out of here right now. Not like we came in, but crawl out high. Don't let our suits not dress as fool you are here. Some sinners, we are sinners undercover. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone else here this morning needs a redeemer, a daysman, and a go-between. That's all this is the part of Job's emphasizing to us. Job said, while I'm going through this stuff, while I'm going through what I'm going through, this is bad what I'm going through. He said, this is more hell than one man can take in one day. He said, I'm trying, I'm going to throw that. He said, I've lost everything. He said, and what has happened and occurred to me makes my faith look like everything I worship every morning and I pray for my family looks like I pray to a dead God. And he's not even in the resurrection. He said, what am I to say to those people watch me and lost the life that I'm living, that all this stuff I'm now got to go through, that what I say to them now? My friends in front of my face calling me up. They go, hey, you must have been doing something. They God, your God has been good. They, they saw Job was blessed. He's blessed. His gold is empty. Job, hardly had Job just put his hand on something who was blessed. But now everything is gone. In one day, all his cattle, all his herd, family, why is stuff so stupid, talking crazy? You ought to curse God and die, boy. Uh, Joseph, maybe I came in the world. Let God be proud. Said, woman, you don't lost your mind. Said, the Lord give and the Lord take it away. It's hard to do right sometimes. Ain't it though? 
It's hard to be right sometimes when everything seems against you. And let me tell you something. Everything when everybody with you when everything's going good with you. That's a whole nother method. The ones who stick with you when, like, when you see like you lost it all. Call them friend. Everybody else unfriend. I can't be stuck on your determination of your definitely dictate how I or what I need or what I do. You remember the Syrian Phoenician woman in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30? She came to Jesus and found him. She said, My daughter is vexed with a devil. Jesus said, It is not meat to give the children's bread to the dogs. She said, Lord, you're right. I'm not going to argue with you about that. Because what I need is so desperate, I have to come to you. I'm not going to argue with, with, with the one who has what I need. Okay, y'all heard that, right? He said, you, you got what I need. Whatever you say, I'm listening to. What I, need, what I need is so severe and so urgent, I don't have time for a theological debate. Yes, Lord, you are absolutely right. You should not give the children's bread to the dog. But at least at the table, the dogs get some crumbs. All right. And y'all ain't got that. So if you please, Lord, could you let me have some crumbs fall from the master's table? God don't got to do a whole lot for me. Just give me a little something, something, something. That's how, that's how you say it? Young people, break me off a little something. You don't really, I've come to the point in my walk with God that day, he don't have to really pull me out of what I'm going through. Every night that is break me off a little something, Lord, you working it out for my good. Let me know that your delay is not a denial. All I got to do is hold on just a little while longer. And guess what? We remain going for a night, but joy will come in the morning. I'm too grown now for God to know that. He don't have to deliver me out of it. Just hold me. Let me stand strong because I don't want to take that class again. I just want to go through what I'm going through. Because you told me once I walk through the fire, I come out of pure good. The crumbs will be enough for me. So Lord, just let me have some call from the master's table. Brothers and sisters, when you need Jesus badly enough, you don't care what the answer is. You might have gone to a church, ended up in a pew with some ultra-spiritual person who hadn't smiled at you all the entire service. Or you are in the sermon, you haven't opened your mouth one time, quiet saying, you haven't been moved, even prayed. That prayer has been touched, prayer didn't even touch you. Scripture has been read, scripture didn't move you. You haven't even opened your Bible because you know the Bible. Some of us, them phones are cursed or something. Dr. Jenkins, it's something about opening up the pages of the Bible yeah. and flipping the pages. Yes. Because you know why I don't have to do it? Because I'm, I'm really not that bad like the rest of y'all. <laughs> At least I'm not in the streets. <laughs> At least I'm not on dope. But that's what God kept you from. <laughs> you don't know she because you have been so righteous. God just full of mercy. <laughs> you're not outdoing because you're, you're so great, so powerful. God just looked beyond your faults. And Met you at your need. Don't you forget it. Don't get it twisted. He looked beyond your foolishness, and that's ought to be reason enough for you to give God some thanks and praise. Nobody else don't want to praise him. I will. 
I will say it again. That you know that you know that you know. If God took the cover off of you, you would be in hell right now. I need a mediator. I need a redeemer. I need a middleman. I need a go-between. I don't know. I, 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 I need someone that, that, that can understand my suffering while I'm going through. I need someone that, that's walked this earth before me, that knows that when, when, when hell breaks loose in my life, that I wouldn't really, I, I, I forget about all the commitments I made to my God, and I just want to try to solve my problem. Because see, in this day and age, we, we want to ease the pain. We don't really need, we just want the pain to stop. And we actually would do anything we can to stop that pain. Even if it's righteous or Christianly clear, it's right thing to do. We would do the wrong thing because it makes it better real quick. We don't want to suffer no pain. Can I get a witness up in here? I need to admit it. There's one God, one meeting between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. But before I leave, let you know. That's why I read the first Timothy. Can I get a witness of it up? All right, all right. That's why I read First Timothy to you. And First Timothy lets me know right here that there was a man that paid a ransom. Are y'all with me? Oh, yeah. There was a man that paid a ransom. First, First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 says, For there's one God, one mediator between God, that's that nuts know. We got a daze, man. Y'all with me? One meal between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. These verses provide a threefold evidence confirming the assertion in verse 4 that all men to be saved have to come into the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry because guess what? Jesus paid it all. Don't yes, hear me. Yes, all to him I owe. Sin has left a stain in my life but Jesus has washed them white as snow. Are y'all with me? Y'all don't understand how excited I get. And the reason I get excited about Lady Jane is then that guess what? To be a Christian don't mean I'm perfect. Matter of fact, I don't have to be perfect because guess what? I come to church not because I'm perfect. I come to church because I need help. Yeah. I come to church because I know who saved and who died for me. And I know when I woke up that I woke up and said, but guess what? He allowed my bed not to be my cooling board. And he allowed the blankets not to be the cover of my casket. So what he did is that he woke me up. And because he woke me up, one more time, that means that tomorrow is gone, today is a new day. The Bible says he gives me new mercies each and every day. So what that mean to you, Pastor? That means that I'm going to try to do better, not be better than you. I'm going to try to do better than I did yesterday myself. I'm going to walk. I'm not going to say the things I said yesterday if I know that God don't want me to say them. I'm not going to act 
the way I acted yesterday. I know God, I'm going to do better. And yes, you might still remember what I used to do yesterday, but this is a new day in the eyes of my God. And if you can't get over what I did yesterday, I am so sorry, Brother Daniel, because guess what? You did not die for me. I checked your hands and I checked my hand, and you ain't got no nail prints in your hand. You ain't got no nail prints in your feet. And the last time I checked, you ain't told me yet that you walked on any water. So guess what? There's one faith, one baptism, one Savior, and one God. And all I got to do is know that I got a baby's name. I got a God that name is Jesus Christ. And he went up to glory. He came down through 42 generations, y'all. Y'all ain't been kind of about it. He came through 42 generations. And he came born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He walked the earth for 30 some odd years. I heard someone say he walked on water, healed the sick, raised the dead, opened blind the house, fed the hungry. But that ain't all he did, Deacon Cook. He died, he went to go, God. He went to Calvary, and he hung in it, and the Bible tells me it wasn't the male prince that kept him on the cross, but it was love that kept Jesus on the cross. Y'all ain't feeling it over here. He kept him on the cross just a little while, and he hung there till the stars fell from the sky. He hung there till the moon turned to blood. He hung there till the dead in Jerusalem got up and had a protest, y'all ain't hearing me. And he said, Father... Forgive them for they know not what they do. And then as he finished, he said, Father, forgive them. He said, to your hands, I commend my spirit. And then they, they put him in the grave, Dr. Jenkins. Can I ask you to finish it then? Help me close the thing, Deacon Cook. They put him in the grave on Friday night. He said, all Friday night, Deacon Chief. All Saturday night. And he told me he went down and took the heat. He slapped death, took the sting out of death and power from the grave. Y'all ain't hearing it. But early, early Sunday morning, he got up on resurrection power, all power, healing power, saving power. Oh, they hearing me? All power. All power. When you question God. When I say all I said, all I have to say this, that you got a mediator. Yes. His name is Jesus. Yes. Mary, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Honey in a rock. Oh, get away with something. Bread in a starving land. You got a friend called Jesus. A friend that's sticking closer than a brother. When you're in the midnight hour and things like they're going out of whack, call on the name of Jesus. All you hear me? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Your sickness will back up at the name of Jesus. Your enemies will bow down to you in the name of Jesus. Question God. He's got an answer for you. Jesus. Stand here. We're not just having an invitation of discipleship. Maybe something that you're going to do like what the Lord is their personal Savior. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You're here. God, not let your heart be ready up. Come again, just as you are. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. 
someone under the sound of my voice, maybe you're streaming online, be in the sanctuary, if you don't know the Lord is your personal Savior, you give this opportunity to come to him at this time. You may know him, but you have not been the Father who reaction you. You may walk against his will. You are actually in a backslidden condition. God told me to let you know he has not forgotten about you and not upset with you. He said, I'm married to the backslider. He said, you forgot about me, I'm forget about you. He said, come back to me. And I introduce you. I'll let you know my mediator. Everything will be just all right. Maybe you don't have a church home. Maybe you don't have a church home. Church church church. People at this part of many are. This is the place where the word of God is powerful. And I worship our uh, passion. So come to Jesus just as you are right now. You still want to do
God and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest room and abide with us both now and forevermore. Let the church say, God has spoken.